Welcome to Across the Margin, the podcast. I am your host, Michael Shields. Across the Margin, the podcast is a proud member of the Osiris Media Group. Head over to OsirisPod.com and check out the vast array of podcasts they have to offer. They have new seasons of some of their classics and uh, adding podcasts to the collection all the time. That is OsirisPod.com. I got an excellent episode for you today. One that presents an interview with multi-instrumentalist, composer, arranger, and music producer, Stuart Bogie. Bogie's contributions to music are vast and entirely impressive. He has toured and recorded extensively with groups such as Andy Ballas, Arcade Fire, TV on the Radio, and Iron and Wine, just to name a few. And he performed as the featured soloist in the original Broadway production of Fela. As a composer and arranger, he scored the Oscar-nominated documentary, How to Survive a Plague, which featured a performance by the Kronos Quartet alongside Bogie's group, Superhuman Happiness. He has appeared on recordings by renowned artists such as Craig Finn of The Hold Steady, Cass McCombs, Sharon Van Etten, Medeski Martin and Wood, Yesayer, Spencer Day, Holly Miranda, Foles, Passion Pit, Mac Miller, and legendary improvised conductor Butch Morris, again, just to name a few. He currently leads the Bogey Band featuring Joe Russo, a nine-piece winds and drum group that just released their debut album entitled The Prophets of the City on Royal Potato Family, which is the main focus of this episode. The Prophets in the City is a collaboration between old friends. As Bogey teams with the drummer extraordinaire Joe Russo, most known for helming Joe Russo's Almost Dead, heightening Bogey's fiery arrangements and Joe Russo's dynamic drumming, the Prophets in the City features a supporting cast of musicians whose resumes run through some of New York City's most beloved bands, including Antibalas, the Dap Kings, Budo's Band, St. Vincent, and David Byrne's American Utopia. The resulting efforts on the debut album are riotous and jubilant, pushing the boundaries of instrumental music. The Prophets in the City presents a soundtrack to life in New York City that is at once ancient and immediate. The collection's nine tracks paints images of crowded streets, joy and fury together on the sidewalk, and characters that carry mysteries and truths in their hearts. Before we get into the interview, here's a little taste of The Prophets in the City. This is an excellent track called Take Them On. Thank you. 
In this episode, Stuart and I discuss how New York City's energy and spirit directly inspired the profits in the city. We discuss the brilliant grouping of players on the album and what's like for him to work with the phenomenally talented Joe Russo. We discuss music that has influenced him over the years, a variety of his other projects, and so much more. In the interview, I think you get a real feel for why the album sounds so vibrant and full of life, of how many incredible projects Stuart has been and is a part of, how many incredible musicians reside in his orbit, and how dynamic of a musician he really is. So you're really going to enjoy this. This is my interview with Stuart Bogey. Hey, how was um? I couldn't get up there yeah. last night. How was uh that show with um uh, Montana Roberts? Wasn't that last night? Oh, was yeah, yeah. It, it was wonderful. Her um work is just growing, and those coins. I've known her for awesome. years and years. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're incredible. So so deep. Like, what a way to um just kind of investigate with music. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like probe the, um, they're super deep. They're super deep. The, what things she's talking about and, and just the, the soundscapes too. I must've been. Oh talking. yeah. I um, almost got to be on a coin coin record. Oh, really? um, I played jaw harps and I have a set uh -huh. in 12 keys and she was going to have me play them. But I, I had some like a big part of another tour that I was committed to and I couldn't oh, make it. And, oh. Man, I got, I don't, I get to play on a lot of people's records. Yeah, I don't totally. want to be creepy, of but man, oh, yeah. I did not want to miss that. <laughs> I think they did it up in, in, in Montreal at, mm. um, I guess it would be Hotel Tango, Hotel yeah. Tango, the, the, the studio uh, that yeah. did the Godspeed records. Uh -huh. and the first oh, okay. cool. Record. Cool. That's awesome. I think they did there. Anyway, I gave yeah. my jaw harps to Ryan Sawyer and mm -hmm. beautiful music with him. Brian's so. great. I love that that uh, music. Uh, Profits in the City is fantastic. Let's. I want to go right into it. It's it's really really great album. Um, I played a touch of it in the introduction to this uh, to our uh, interview here, but um, I was wondering if you could even speak just generally about what people can expect when they um, give uh, Profits in the City a spin. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it really is meant to engage you physically mm. with rhythm. Mm. And um, mentally, with the interlocking of, uh, you know, rhythmic melodic segments. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's the first song is really about, I, I kept thinking about approaching New York City by foot. Yeah, yeah. You know, what would it be like to walk into this city? Mm -hmm. And like, so what I have is I have like, it's a rhythm in three, four, that's it's truncated. Mm -hmm. And it does this thing where it like moves you right, moves you left. And it's like the cars. And it's like, if you've ever been to London or where the cars are on the other side of the street yeah. and they have these arrows, they're like, you better look that way. Well, New York is like that anyway, even mm -hmm. if you have an instinct for which way the cars are yeah. gonna come. And I wanted that to happen musically. And I wanted to reach that saturation point of activity mm -hmm. where lines, 
where everything is a line going somewhere and the whole yes. thing comes out like a, like a mandala or like a, 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 a Celtic labyrinth or something like that, where it's just the saturation point yeah. of density with, with the musical information. Um, and I explore that in the first mm -hmm. in the first song. So I think when you get into this record, it's like that. It's like the first time you got out yeah. of the bus at Port Authority. Yeah. Like, Whoa. Oh no. Yeah, you're gonna get <laughs> look at that. Look at and, and it is fear, joy, yeah, ecstasy. All Just, at once. But but all in all, completely overwhelming. Anyway, that was I mean, that's what I was gonna ask you. How uh the city obviously refers to New York, and I was going to ask you how it inspired, and you just kind of went there right away. Um, but then the the mood, the album's really it's 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 punchy, it's vibrant, and I think that you're just describing it that way. I think besides um, um, we met them by the water, everything's really really in your face, and so is that that's yeah. the mood you were going for. The that's the way the city inspired, <laughs> inspired this kind of the feeling when you first come upon New York was the idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's mm -hmm. moments of um of like like in in that first piece there's several movements and in the second movement mm. the rhythm that the 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 ostinato played by the flute continues but it's a, uh -huh. we frame it in another way where it's almost like we've put a boat on this churning ocean mm -hmm. and it's 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 um it, the density and the saturation of activity are still below it but we've learned how to kind of swing on That'd top of it yeah. Yeah. Which is something when you move to New York, you you learn to feel you learn to um, engage people in a way Definitely. where you sort of fake confidence and then you sort of get confidence. Definitely. And yeah. it's and I call that balance because yeah. it feels like finding your balance. There's an absolute rhythm to the city. And once you find a way to work your way in it, you're part of that rhythm. And it's it's pretty exciting. You're, you're you know, you're, you're part of the movement and the energy of it. Um, this is kind of a, a just a shot in the dark, but is there so, social like conscious undertones? I mean, I only ask because there's titles such as The Struggle and We Organize. I was curious kind of what you were speaking to with some of those uh, titles, because it's kind of hard to completely interpret from from the music. Um, you know, anything you can tell us there? Yeah, I didn't want to do the listener disjustice by putting too fine a point on the titles. Yeah, yeah. but they are. 100 percent um concerned with social justice but it mm. must remain abstract because it's not um, i'm not an essayist mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. but yeah there's the analogies came in the beginning and they continue now and i'm still learning from the music about how it relates to society and how we function together yeah absolutely um, i figured there was something something to that um, can you speak some about the uh, the players on this album? What a what the, the the Boji band is really really incredible. What 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 a team you yeah. have? Yeah, I yeah I've been fortunate over the last twenty years. You know when I when I first moved to the city, I got laid off mm. right after George W. Bush was elected. Okay, um, I worked for a dot com uh -huh. and that and they they downsized. And you were coming from San Francisco, right? Yeah, well, I, I took a pit stop for six months in Chicago, okay. lived with my parents, and hung out with a lot of Chicago musicians, which mm. is, I think, where I met Matano Roberts. Oh, wow, wow. Um, I definitely met Matt Lux mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um, Jeff Parker, oh, yeah. John Herndon, and a lot of yeah. amazing Chicago yeah. musicians. Herndon's a um, genius. 
Oh man. Oh, <laughs> can we start yeah. all that work? Yeah. Oh man. That yeah. those, those guys are such a miracle of music. Yeah. No um, and I learned kind of in, I kind of picked up on the ethos mm-hmm. and um, the values mm-hmm. that, that they operate with. And um, Chicago, there's this like demand for truth and honesty and authenticity, which is such a buzzword. Yeah, it's a dangerous word. I don't mess with authentic. I <laughs> yeah. feel like as soon as you say it, you've lost it. So like, we I, actually I, I like to move that that be stricken from the record. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. When somebody's playing some mm-hmm. an honest musical statement, yeah. and they get that in Chicago, and yeah. I just wanted to absorb that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that value. Yeah. Um, because in New York, it's it's more anything goes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh. And that can be amazing and liberating. It can mean that someone like, I, I couldn't have fallen into Afrobeat music the yeah. same way in, in, in Chicago as I could have in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, the thing that gave me like this microscope to the voice in my heart and this desire to channel whatever was trying to come through me mm-hmm. to open to that, I wouldn't have been able to do that without that um, period of time the, the values yeah. that i learned you know from watching jeff parker play with fred anderson at mm-hmm. the velvet lounge or or um you know with dan bitney and matt lux and john herndon playing mm-hmm. trio yeah. and uh all the all the amazing concerts of ken vandermark and hami drake i you go on and on yeah. um but yeah i try to bring that to this record in mm-hmm. a way that I hadn't been able to really lean in in that way in the mm. other records I've made. And the, the musicians that I got on it were all people that I've met over many years of working. Yeah. So, and I made it with very few uh, financial resources. Mm. I made a lot of it with favors and barters. Mm. Um, and one of the amazing things about being a horn player is you're often doing it with three or four other people. And you, in the business of it, you recommend each other a lot. Yeah. Um, you fill out sections by calling each other. So um, I have a strong love and rapport with a lot of, a lot of wonderful horn players. So yeah, I could get yeah. them in. Yeah, that's fantastic. And what, um, at what point in like the crafting of the album, did you uh, uh, reach out to Joe Russo to be a part of this? And, and what were you kind of um, thinking that he would bring to the project? What, you know, it, I'm assuming this was underway you had demos and then, you know, you, you hollered at Joe to, to be a part of it. Yeah. I'd say I was like, well, I, I, I had a lot of music written, but I hadn't started editing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always right. Edit, right. Edit, right. Edit. Um, and uh, so I, I was, um, had a lot of ideas together and I, I was trying to conceive the whole thing and I was thinking about what it would be like live and I was thinking of where we would be and who we would we be playing for. Mm-hmm. And I had just had such amazing experiences working with Joe. Um, one time I had a whole a horn section that I had arranged for with mm-hmm. one of his projects. And I was conducting the horns um, spontaneously. And Joe keyed into it with such a force. What was and that? I was, I feel, that sounds, sounds familiar to me. I've seen seen a bunch of you, you guys working together. Do you remember? Yeah, that would have been J Rad at the Brooklyn Bowl. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
maybe the first time. Yep. And um, Joe loves the music out of the Knitting Factory and Tonic oh, and that whole oh, world. Yep. And um, so I knew we had a lot of history uh-huh. in common, even though we didn't get to spend a lot of time together 20 years ago. We, we knew each other. But um, so I knew I could tap into that and he'd be right there with me. So there's that, that kind of like shared love in common. And he also has a he has a deep love for John Bonham. And that's just such a touchstone to me since yep. since I first heard it on the, yep. the Rick Rubin productions, the yep. Beastie Boys. That's fantastic. When was it you first? Um, I think you alluded to just there that that's been a while. When was it first you musically linked up with Joe? I'm curious about your history. When I think the first time that we really started playing together was, I would say, 2015. Okay. In the music of Craig Finn, produced by oh, Josh Kaufman. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Kaufman yep. oh, produced that? Yep. 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 And genius. it was his first record with Craig. He's since done, like, I think he's working on a third Hold mm-hmm. Steady record, and he's done four Craig Finn solo records. Yep. And... um. I think I've played on most of them. It was such an exciting thing to hear Joe get into these different characters for the songs. Yeah. And I was like, ah. so that was the first time, but we weren't in the same room. Okay. Um, I began to sit in with J rad over the years. And then we formed a, a quartet called boyfriends mm-hmm. with Ben Porowski, yeah. amazing drummer, Josh Kaufman and myself. And we yeah. played some great shows at new blue and at brick arts of free form improvisation. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, so it, it just sort of grew. I knew when I was asking Joe if he, if he was willing to do it that the project would have a whole nother kind of legs. Yeah. And then if um, energy, uh, he brings, I mean, his drumming is a force of nature, really. Oh, yeah. Really He's, cool. I guess if I was a director, he'd be the, he'd be like the, the star, the leading. Yeah. There's the a, lead there's, I've read an interview where you were talking about how, um, you know, if you were Coppola, this is, uh, you know, you would need your Brando and he was your Brando. I thought that was really Oh, funny. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Great, great. Yeah. Great. Except if Brando was in the whole movie, not just in that yeah. one scene. But if, that whole, if that one scene was the whole movie, that would be my experience. That's it. And um, Joe was incredible. He was just so amazing to work with. Yeah. It was like songs came together so quickly. That's awesome. That's so awesome. instinctual. Sounds like you guys work so well together. I saw, yeah, I saw you guys. I was out at Red Rock seeing you play with J Rad. I was curious to ask you about that. How do you like playing Grateful Dead music? I know you also did the Phil Les shows up at the Cap recently. Yeah. Are you playing Grateful Dead music? I love it. Yeah. yeah. I, and I have to be completely honest. When I was a teenager, I didn't like it. You didn't? Yep. Oh, I liked um, kind of hard rock and hip hop of the mm-hmm. 90s. Mm-hmm. And like John Zorn and Naked City and Mr. Bungle. I liked a lot of less mature music mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful music, but definitely music music that you would like mosh to. Yep. yep. Um, yeah. And like Kip Malone once pointed out to me in a conversation, Kip Malone at TV on the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he said it was after our romantic lives took significant steps forward mm-hmm. and kind of stop smashing into each other on the floor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um yeah and then you start growing up and then you oh, start yeah. listening but now i um m- my partner um karen she is so into the dead we listen to the grateful dead every day yeah and i 
you know, I've fallen in love with 72 West Coast uh, recordings. And like, I know awesome. I can tell what era yeah. it is. Uh-huh. And I really started to hear it. So, for yeah. so, you know, there's this underlying thing of, oh, those guys can't play. Those yeah. guys. Can't play. But, yeah. but it's it's nonsense. It is. It's, the shit is incredible. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun to watch a lot of people over the last, you know, uh, maybe even since I've, I feel like I've noticed this since, uh, you know, when the National put together that whole uh, uh, recordings of like all their dead songs. And there's like recently there's like uh, people coming around to it and being like, all right, you know, I, I completely yeah. get it from all kinds of genres. It's it's yeah. really beautiful. I mean, their, their songbook is just crazy. Um, you just mentioned some of them and I want to ask you, I, you know, I don't dig too, too much into your past. There's so much to get into all year, Were you with Antibalas for 17 years. You were with that, with that group. Yeah, for, uh, technically for 12, but okay. I continue to work with them. And oh. I joined in 2001. One, yeah, I saw that. And then, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, fail on broad so much to get into, but I was curious what you were, what were you listening to kind of, uh, growing up or through your days in Michigan, what, what shaped your early musical taste? I think you just touched on it a little bit, but I'd love to hear, hear, yeah. you know. Um, I, some of my earliest memories are, uh, there was a, a breaking crew at my, 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 my grammar school was, went into eighth grade, it was K mm-hmm. through eight. Yep. So you could see like seventh and eighth graders and yeah. they had like their peach buzz and you were, <laughs> you know, you were whatever, eight, nine years old. And um, I remember that song by Nucleus came out, Jam On It. Mm-hmm. And to this day, that song, I, well, it's weird to say, but it almost brings, it does bring tears to my yeah. eyes. Yeah. I, when I hear it, the energy, there's this one like echo clav part that comes out and it just fills me with so much excitement. I love these little interlocking pieces where the rhythm is just so hot. Mm -hmm. And it's like, man, that music came out of such a need for its magic, for its force, that it's like one of the real gifts to the world. And I've, man, I spend my time, I I feel like I spent my whole career trying to crawl back into the womb of what I heard. on on in kind of it, that song by nucleus and uh, then there was there was a lot of house music in chicago mm-hmm, yeah. um but but the music the nature of that music it's djs it's it's flowing so i was like i was very young i was at you know the ymca we go to dances when i was 12 years old and they'd play house music and and a, and a little bit of hip-hop yeah. um and then i got into classic rock Classic rock is really big in the Chicago area. I mean, there there's some real like you know, like the fabulous Thunderbirds, <laughs> like some like mustache, like a hot dog kind of like, <laughs> and it's um it it so I I j- put a lot of that on just because it was on the radio. Totally. But um yeah, yeah and then and then I heard you know kind of more. Uh, I fell in love with Miles Davis when I was 16. I read his autobiography and I went down that path that so many, so many musicians do. Yeah. Really influenced by that. And then I, I read the Tao Te Ching oh. and started to really like look inward at things. And, and then everything started to glide and then I could love more freely. Yeah. Um, and I, and I opened up to a lot more music. And, and then when I heard Fela, at first it was very confusing, but when I started playing it for the first time in my life, I felt like I was making something that I, that 
I, I felt that connection that so many people had talked about. I was 25 yeah. when I first started playing with Antibalas. So I'd never connected with music in that way. I'd felt music and I'd loved it, but I was never obsessed with jazz. I was never transcribing solos. Yeah. I could never play the blues. I was never, I, I, I just didn't go down any of these paths. None of them really spoke to me, but then I heard Fela's music and it was on. And it was that interlocking thing, you know, yeah. that, that it was the guitars and the rhythmic counterpoint that they set up in these eight beat patterns with the bass. And it, it was, it was that that got me and it still gets me and it's still like if i need to get excited if i need to get my thoughts flowing i enter that sort of mathematical game and it's just, it's so thrilling to me that's beautiful man that's really beautiful you mentioned hip-hop a couple of times i have to ask i'm a fan how did you end up on rtj4 did uh l reach out to you have you worked with him before no no i never worked with him i, I met yeah. him a couple of times but um uh no uh taco little shalimar yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Um, is a good friend and, and, and his brother Wilder, uh, who okay. both do production. And um, yeah, they they brought in some a thing that I had played uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, previously. Oh, it, was cool. an, it was it was it was. Oh, they had a piece. I didn't know. I didn't. Yeah, it was something yeah, that we cool. had done with yeah. uh, on another thing, uh, and they threw it in. Oh, awesome. Chime takes such a beautiful solo on that record. At the oh end. yeah yeah yeah. Oh that Chime Agustelum. Yep, my yep. man. He, <laughs> his work is just like, uh, just like, growing in such beautiful ways. Yeah, it's really, it's really exciting to watch um, his art move. Exactly. We, I was just, I just saw him last night. Um, okay. He came to the show with Matano cool. Roberts, and um, we got to catch up. How was um. I think you were up in there if I have read correctly. How was the energy in, in the Bowery Ballroom for the those? You were at the Arcade Fire. Weren't you? Did you play with them for the Wii shows? Yeah, yeah. How yeah. was that in there? That in. Um, oh, I you had love a long relationship Fire. with the Arcade Fire and Colin. I think you went to school with Colin, right? Yeah, Colin's yeah. one of my best friends on this yeah. planet. We oh, met cool. when we were seventeen mm -hmm. at college orientation. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's two wild. guys that like John Zorn with ponytails who <laughs> kind of faced off. <laughs> How would you not? You just walk up to that dude. We're friends now. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we didn't, we, we like kind of like, it was, a, it was side eye for like the first year. Okay. And then we very formally buried. Well, there wasn't really a hatchet to bury, but we decided we were more powerful together. Yeah. <laughs> and then we were inseparable for years. I mean, yeah. we lived in San Francisco in bunk beds. Mm -hmm. Two mm -hmm. grown men. Well, Physically grown men sure, <laughs> um, sure. living in bunk beds in already a three bedroom apartment. <laughs> I, I remember those days very, very well. So yeah, did you, put, did you play on Wii though? Did you, did you play on that album that's, co that's coming out? Yeah, I worked on it. I haven't heard it? the final mixes, okay. so you never know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> made it through the edits. But um, I did, I worked on it and it's beautiful. Wynn played me some of it, um, actually right before the pandemic, some oh. of the, the stuff that he had started and um gorgeous music that's yeah awesome. they sounded so good that's i got awesome. to play um afterlife and mm -hmm. uh reflector which are two of my favorite songs yeah yeah i know you worked on those those tracks too back in the day um i didn't get to see the brooklyn bowl shows i was traveling which is a shame but i did get get to see the, uh you guys at nubu not too long ago that was amazing when uh, um are you going to be performing uh 
Profits in the City or playing with um, uh, Bogey Band any, anywhere else. I think Peach Fest is on. on, on yeah, there. Peach Fest any, is what else? we have on the books. Okay. And, and we're, still, we're still putting together some other stuff. Oh, uh, cool. Good. Because it's, it's amazing to see it live. I love watching you conduct the whole thing. It's, it's a lot of fun. And I know you're, you're playing with Dave in April too, Harrington and um, the yeah. dad lineup. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. That's at New Blue on the 22nd, I think, right? Yeah. We got Ilhan. We got Yuka Honda. Uh-huh. Um, and I love playing with Yuka Honda. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, Harrington and He's a genius, Jeremy too. and Spencer. Yeah. So the album's great. I, I thank you for taking the time. You think um, this is the direction that you have, you know, kind of like a mainstay. We'll see some more, um, um, you know, uh, band, you know, albums uh, coming this way. I know I hate asking that right after you just put this baby out in the world, but you know, it's, it seems like you got a great thing going with this. It's really fantastic. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, I, um, I'm still writing. I got a new, I'm trying out early morning writing. Cool. Um, First thing, and, uh, like straight to, to it? Like 5 a.m. Yeah. Uh, how's um, it going? Like, still half asleep. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm about 60%. Uh-huh. uh-huh. 50-60%. Yep. Sometimes I'll play a show and I won't get home till 1, and then I don't want to, you know. Yeah, of course. I want to push myself too much. Oh, but I, yeah, I do love. Um, it's fun. It's like, here we are. I got an hour. What do I want to do? I want to toy with an eight-bar melody for an hour, end up changing it like, the tiniest one or two notes yeah let's do that that's, that's awesome. the work yep. right yep. you get the idea you're walking around you're jogging you're getting on the train you sing your little idea in there uh-huh. that's 80 percent of it right the next 20 percent is figuring out how to put this into the format of song i mean concept of song itself is a compromise for music mm. like songs have to be made they don't come out, but mm-hmm. but there's a purity of music that just comes out, and we don't have to impose forms on it. Sonata, allegra form, or whatever it is that you're doing. Chorus, the hook. Where's the hook? You know what I mean? It's like it, you don't. Those things aren't natural to music. They're natural to kind of kind of natural to advertising. You know what I mean? So there's like a little bit of a commercial overlap in there, and how I spend my time in the composition process is allow me to really think about well, what's this for? Yeah. If it's, am I just trying to honor this idea and be a, be a channel, be a vessel. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to trying to figure out what's going to make this thing happy. What's going to make this musical idea happy. Yeah. Not, I need it to pop harder or anything like that. And I've really been just, Cause I mean, I'm not gonna get up really early in the morning to work on a sales pitch. <laughs> I really want. I, I want to get up early in the morning to learn something about life on the planet. Yeah. So yeah, you gotta be passionate to to get up at that point and really get into that. I love what you just said there about about just music and the being made. That was great. That was really cool. Um, I love your body of work. I love seeing you in many variations. Oh, one more question: Are you gonna be? I love Curtis Harding's uh, album so much. Oh. If, uh, if words were. Um, I love, I just love, love, love that album. You're all, you're all mm. over it. Any chance you'll be playing with him? I think he's coming through on the first, if I'm right. Is that? Um, no, not, not, not that I know of. That's but a tremendous, I tremendous sure album. I would love to. Wait, he's going to yeah. be here May 1st? May 1st. I think he's at Bowery. I think he's at Bowery. Yeah. I'm yeah. playing in a, like a conceptual art piece at the old dime by a, a artist named Jill 
Megan. Mm. Um, a, a new thing that I just got called for. But uh, oh man, oh man, I would love to be there. <laughs> Yeah. I, he's fantastic, it's and Sam awesome. Cohen, his producer, yep. wonderful. Uh, Sam's everywhere these days. He's so, yeah. he's 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 a, he's a force himself. But thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. Like I was saying, I I, I love seeing you and all your different variations out there around New York. And this record's really really special. So it, it, I'm glad to be able to shine the light on it a little bit and talk about it. So thanks so much. Thank you. I appreciate it, my friend. This podcast is in the loop, the Legion of Osiris podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love. Get in the loop at osirispod.com.